you are back listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. We've had an incredible time of, of interviews, of songs, of accidentally going off air, but we can see that you're listening again. Praise well, the I, Lord. Well, I have 104 out of 121 transmitters that are back on air now. <laughs> so we did disappear there for a little while. The, the software crashed, but uh-huh. working its way back through. Uh-huh. Fantastic. So we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you're joining us. We are glad that we're about to get into our Bible study. We are glad that we're about to talk about what you had to say, the text messages from the first Mm -hmm. half of the show, and we are glad that we are going to give you another opportunity, starting to run out of them now, another opportunity to get your name in the hat to win this week's prize, which is good cookbooks. Complete this verse. The law of the Lord is perfect. Blank, blank, blank. Another teeth scratcher right there. Incredibly difficult not to say. If you know the verse, if you don't know the verse, you know, we give you some license to maybe look it up. We also say, you know, our general policy and rule. If you're a regular church attender, if you're going to church every week, try and get these answers, you know, from the brain. If you're not, we encourage you to look them up because we want you to know them. But again, that question was, complete this verse, the law of the Lord is perfect, blank, 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 0491, 064-669. Of course, you'll go into the draw, which will be happening at 8.45 to win the Revive Cafe Cookbooks Volumes 3 and 4. All right. Let's look at some text messages, find out what you had to say during the first part of the show. Let's head over there now. And where do I have my text messages go? Come on, La. Every time. Learn how to use a phone. <laughs> Somebody's still arguing about Q. About Q? Yeah, pull Q. Yeah. They're saying it's actually C-U is where you get the word Q from. C. But E is still a wasted letter. C-U. No, never mind. Then it's it's like coo. Let's. Or ka. But the the E gives it the U sound at the end. So if it's just C-U, then it's. Just cut, like cut. They just should have the letter Q. That's all they need. You don't need anything no, more. No, but it's a letter. We don't have language. hieroglyphs, Lyle, in English. We don't need hieroglyphs. All you need is if a If you just have letter. a letter Q, that's like, no, doesn't doesn't work. Doesn't make sense. You no, can't, no, no, I does. You, you can't have a singular. I is not followed by U-E, U-E or some weird yeah, thing but, like okay, that. But it's I, just the letter I, I is a common singular pronoun that applies to self, okay? So, and, and like the letter A, right? It's not describing a, it's, that's not a noun. I, you could classify as, as a noun, but it's a singular pronoun. But you can't just have a single letter that is ascribed to a verb. Uh, no, not a verb, a noun. That's, that's silly. Love. Chinese people do it all the time. Why can't we do it? All right, moving on <laughs> to more serious things. Uh, someone mentioned about the flying cars. It's been a long time coming. It will still be some time before we see them in numbers in the skies or roads. Still, it would be nice to see it happen. I think I'll get my wings before that happens, and I do agree. Uh, TikTok, no political ads or comments. Will that resolve the problems? Wasn't the actual problem that only one party was allowed to advertise? Yes, and uh, it seems that only one theme is allowed to advertise now. Uh, the prosperity pastor has a tantrum and wants a watch. He needs a spiritual checkup, and his congregation need to boot he him out help, for their own bro. sakes. Yikes. Oh, actually, in regards to that story, I got some text message from my boy, Jose. He was like, yeah, I'm getting a paper check in the coming days. Like he's in, in, the, in the United States. He's like, but we still use direct deposit. Some people pay with check, but not many. But it still so exists. It, I am f- flabbergasted it and still shocked. Exists. 
how how many decades is it since we used paper checks in this country? Anyway, <laughs> that is, oh my goodness, it doesn't my head in. That is wild. It is. Okay, Texas parents uh, question books. Give me a break. That is like saying uh, throw out throw out the light and give me darkness. Common mm. sense out the window. Unfortunately, common sense is pretty much gone. Is is gone from much of humanity. So there was a particular person who tried to do this in Florida. We covered this on the show. They tried to get the Bible banned. And uh, some of the reasoning they were using is like, oh, we shouldn't use a book that subscribes to killing children. And and totally, like, we, you can see by those comments, like, straight away, it's like, oh, yeah, the Bible's pro-slavery and pro-killing children. Why would we have that in our schools? And it's like, okay, firstly, I now understand that you have never read the Bible. Yes. So you don't know what it's about. Yes. Like, secondly, does, you know, obviously things need to be shared in good taste. But as you shared, you know, we look at the Bible as a historical document as well. And does, does a reference equal promotion? Does does That's referencing right. something equal promotion? And the answer obviously is no. No, referencing something is making a historical note that such and such a thing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the Bible says "dash out not kill," that is promoting not killing your children or and, anybody else. And is that a good message for a five-year-old? Yes, very good message. A fantastic I am message. I'm glad that our five-year-olds can read the Bible and read "Thou shalt not kill" because and learn because that's a bad idea. If you, you didn't do that, if you didn't know this, five-year-olds have the potential to kill people. They do. Yeah, totally. Like, like, like. I mean, in a horrific, terrible situation. Like, yeah, yeah. You're right. Like the po- the point I'm trying to make is that. When it comes to morality, there's never an age too young to teach good morality. Now, you know, obviously you do that through the lens of what a five-year-old can understand. Yes. But I believe there'd be plenty of stories, horrific, terrible stories out there of bullying gone wrong or some kind of thing gone wrong or, you know, one kid pushes another kid into the pool and holds him under because he thinks it's funny and the kid dies and drowns. Like... Like, this is just simply things that happen, and it's fantastic when we can actually address those issues in a way that's appropriate to a five-year-old and to help them. The other thing that we've got with the Bible is about 4,000 years of track record mm-hmm. of it being a very, very positive influence in any society that it's ever been introduced to. Agree. And uh, at any age group. Mm-hmm. You know, it has some very, very, it has some R-rated stories in it. It has some X-rated stories in it. Mm-hmm. But these are told in a historical manner mm-hmm. and in a manner from which we can learn. Uh-huh. It doesn't dwell on the salacious details. It doesn't go into the salacious details. It just says, this is what happened. Learn from it. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Yeah. This, and, and, this is, and this is what we need from history. We need to study history in our schools. We need to study unvarnished history. We need to study history that is there for us not to cancel or to get rid of or to obliterate, but to learn from it. Mm. And that's what we can do in the Bible. This is one of the reasons why the Bible is such a unique book. You know, people say that Her- Herodotus was the inventor of uh, history because he was the first person in the ancient world to record defeats. Mm. And because he recorded defeats, I mean, he records the defeat of, you know, the 300 at Thermopylae, the 300 Greek Spartans at Thermopylae, but you'd think you were reading of a victory. Yeah. You know, it is a record of a defeat. I mean, the Persians came through and smashed uh, Leonidas and his 300. Mm. It's It's a record of a defeat. 
But he makes it like, oh, these guys like were amazing totally heroes. steeped in legend. It's 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 full blown <laughs> it's full blown propaganda. propaganda. Yeah. And so you can't really class that as history. Whereas when it comes to the Bible story, mm-hmm. you find just plain simple defeats over and over and over again. You find yeah. more records of defeats than wins in the Bible. Mm. And it was written a long time before Herodotus ever mm. put pen to paper mm-hmm. or ever even was born. Well, those specific defeats, you know, because yeah. the Bible was written after. Well, that's right. Some yeah. of it was written afterwards and some of it was, yeah. a lot of it was written beforehand. Before. That's right. Yes. And so this is the thing I love about the Bible is that it illustrates how to use history. Mm. You have history so you can learn from history so you don't do the same thing. Yeah. Speaking of people who do the same thing in history, let's go to our Bible study. Let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter uh-huh. 40, and uh-huh. we're going to start reading in verse 27. Isaiah, chapter 40, as I turn there. And to give a little bit of background about this, this is Isaiah. He is prophesying of events that will take place about 100 years in the future, mm-hmm. and these events are going to involve the captivity of God's people yes. in Babylon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he talks about the captivity of the Israelites in Assyria. He talks about the captivity of the Jews in Babylon. And it's easy to imagine that when the Jewish people arrived in Babylon, they would have been very discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, their city has been destroyed. Uh, the, the walls have been smashed down. The buildings have been burnt. The temple is gone, uh, mm. completely wrecked. Mm. Everything has been destroyed. And then the entire population has been uprooted and moved to another land. And we've talked about this before, that when this happens, the populations integrate. Mm. We see it here in Australia. By the time they reach the third generation, doesn't matter where you come from in the world, your kids are Aussie. Yeah, doesn't matter where you come from, what you look like or how different you are. It's, you're Aussie you're by the time you're third yeah. generation, full-blown Aussie. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And when I say that, that's not to diminish Australians who are first-generation Australians in any way, shape or form. Mm. But a first-generation Australian is still going to have a lot of culture from the country from which they came. And that's good. Mm. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But what we are saying is that by the time your grandchildren are born, if you're first-generation, by the time your grandchildren come along, they're not going to have the same culture you have. Yeah. That actually reminds me a lot of, uh, I had a friend who lived here, his name was Caleb, he's African-American, and he, you know, is, like his family history is a product of slavery, so he, uh, just on that point of, because we're talking about here like a forced assimilation, you know, captivity and destruction of their, te- like, of their land into, you know, various different places. Now, Caleb is African-American, and, you know, he comes to Newcastle Uni, and in Newcastle, in Australia, we have lots of... Africans, so people who come here from Africa to study, and they ask him, they're like, hey, you know, what part of Africa are you from? And he's like, oh, no, I'm American. And they're like, yeah, you're American, but what part of Africa are you from? And he's like, I'm American. Like, I don't, like, yes, you know. It has no connection to Africa whatsoever. None. And that's because, like, they just simply don't know because he came through slavery. But, yeah, he's like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like me. I have Sri Lankan her- heritage, but yeah. what connection do I have culturally to Sri Lanka? To Sri Lanka. None, because it's a few generations back. Mm. Uh, it, it's there in my bloodline. It's there in my DNA. I get a nice tan from it, which is absolutely awesome. You're pretty non-Sri Lankan looking at the same pretty, time. Pretty, pretty white. Non, pretty non-Sri Lankan looking. Mm. I, I, can, I can get there in summer. If I spend a bit of time in the sun, I uh-huh. go real dark real fast. Uh-huh. But, yeah. 
you know. <laughs> um, I, where does my family come from in Sri Lanka? No idea. Mm-hmm. None whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Don't even know their names. It was a result of a bit of a salacious one-night stand that my oh, great-grandmother wow. had. And, uh, yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's what happens. It's how it works. It's how it goes down. Okay, so they, we're getting back to the Jews. They are in captivity in Babylon, and you can imagine that, okay, they know enough history to know that when you, when an entire nation is exiled, that nation integrates and disappears. Mm. And they can probably see this happening with their children. Their children would be speaking Babylonian. Mm. Uh, you know, they, they're, they're speaking Aramaic, uh, which is, you know, a, a Babylonian-type language, Chaldean. So the language is changing, their children are changing, their culture is changing. They see all of this happening and they're like, we're done. Mm. As as a chosen people, as a special people, we're finished, Mm. we're over. And they look back on their history and they see how God has preserved them as a people. And they see how Abraham was called out of Ur and went to... uh, the. Palestine, Canaan, that, mm. that, the, the promised land. And then they see how they went down into Egypt and they remained their own unique people while they were in Egypt and God miraculously delivered them out of Egypt so that they are a unique people. But, you know, at the same time, there was still a very mixed multitude. There are a lot of Egyptian DNA floating around in that Jewish blood or Israelite blood that comes out of Egypt. Mm. And now they're in Babylonian captivity. It's like, okay, can you actually do this twice? Can you be sent into captivity twice and still and come still back? And still survive. And still maintain your national identity? Mm. Is that is that even possible? And you would think a lot of them were like, well, this time God has forgotten us. And there's good reason for God to have forgotten us. We've been in, we've been in idolatry for three generations. Why mm. would God remember us? Mm. So there's a lot of things that are going on here where you can kind of see where they would get way discouraged. So let's read our passage here. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 27. Isaiah 40 and verse Yeah, we'll just start with that, uh, with that first um, verse there. 7. It says, O Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? O Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? Okay. So what are the, what are the Jews saying at this particular time? They're saying that God <laughs> doesn't see our troubles yep. and God doesn't care for our rights. Mm-hmm. My translation says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hid from the Lord? Mm. Uh, God, God can't even see us. Mm. And my judgment is passed over from my God. Mm. And so they are questioning in their minds, does God even know we still exist? And you mm. can understand why they are. They are definitely in a situation where there is a uh, a, a lot of, Challenging circumstances that they just can't, cannot see their way through. Mm. However, let's read verse 28. Verse 28 is one of these stories that, uh, for those of you who have ever grown up on Eric B. Hare stories, mm. kind of has that ring to it. Yeah. Okay, go for it. It goes like this. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary no one can measure the depth of his understanding. Yes, I can just sort of, I can hear Eric B. here in my ears, you know, haven't you heard? Don't, don't you know? Haven't you heard? Hasn't anybody ever told you? Uh, in one of his stories. Uh, but yeah, the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, he doesn't faint, he's not weary, and there is no searching of his understanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, so has God forgotten them? 
No. No. So then why can't they see evidence that God is there? Um, because they're being invaded and captured and losing everything. You know, from what they can see around them, it definitely seems like, oh, yep, this is the result of our terrible actions. From an observable perspective. That's right. It's all gone. It's all over. It's done. It's Mm. finished. And furthermore, like, especially because if they were (laughs) knowledgeable in the Bible or in the Torah, in in the law, uh, they would know that this is coming you're like this is this is right on point. They're like, oh, if we practice idolatry, the law has said we will become captives, and we have practiced idolatry, and now we are captives. Yeah, it's a very simple formula. Mm-hmm. And you look at that formula like, well, you know, okay, God did amazing things for us. God brought us out of Egypt. God mm-hmm. led us by the cloud. God did all of these incredible miracles, and God has preserved us down through history. And we have rebelled and rebelled and rebelled and rebelled and rebelled. And our brother Israel got taken into captivity. They have totally disappeared. They no longer exist anymore because they rebelled and rebelled and rebelled and rebelled. Why are we any different? Mm. You know, they look at the history of the Israelites and it's like, yeah, okay, we saw what happened to them. They're gone. Now we're gone. It's over. Mm. The worship of God, the worship of Yahweh is over. He's not interested in us anymore. He's going to look someplace else because we've just been too rebellious. So what's Mm. the point? Mm-hmm. Live out your life, die. What will be will be, and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. All right, let's continue reading here in verse 29 and 30. The Bible says, He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. So essentially what you see here is like, hey, I know not only, you know, is it is it a terrible social and maybe mental struggle that you're going to go through, like, you know, being saddened over the fact that you no longer have a nation. Also, it's going to be very physically difficult and you're going to be tired and overwhelmed and exhausted because you're going to be captives. You're going to be slaves. But I see that. Yep. I see it. God has not missed it. It mm. is not disappeared from his knowledge. He sees exactly what is going on. Mm. He sees all of it. And furthermore, like in verse 29, it says, like, he gives power to the weak and yes. strength to the powerless. Like, he is wanting to help. Yes. Mm. All right. So we've got this, you know, the, the Bible here. Let's, um, where did we read up to? Verse 30? 30. That's right. Let's read verse 31. In verse 31, it says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Very popular verse Mm. when I was doing literature evangelism. Mm -hmm. We were taught this verse and then we taught it to our, uh, I taught it to people that I was training. Mm. And what we would do is we would, we would train our LE team, take them all out. We'd have about, you know, 20 students or so that we would, we would train to do LA work. And, you know, they go out and they do uh, literature evangelism for about, you know, a month or so. And then we would bring them all together and say, okay, uh, would you like to double your sales today? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good proposition. Yes. And they're all like, yes. <laughs> it's like, I know what's coming. I know what's coming. Here's an easy way to double your sales. Between doors, run. <laughs> If you double the speed, because it's a numbers game, it's uh-huh. a matter of how many doors you knock on, if you double your speed, then you will double your sales. Simple uh-huh. as that. 
Uh-huh. And then we would quote this verse, you know, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk <laughs> and not faint. And so look, if you if if you don't if you just walk, the promise is that you won't faint. Mm-hmm. But the Bible says if you run, you won't get you weary. won't even get weary. Wow. Yeah, there's a good promise right there. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of eisegesis coming in, but it was fun nonetheless. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We have one more opportunity to get your name in the hat yep. to win this week's prize. Mm-hmm. Awesome. What's our quiz question? What term did Jesus use to describe the temple when he cleared it of the money changes? So this is actually a multiple choice. So listen out for the answers here. Was it A, a den of lions, B, a den of robbers, C, a den of vipers, or D, whitewashed Tomb. Again, that question was, what term did Jesus use to describe the temple when he cleared it of the money changes? A, den of lions, B, den of robbers, C, den of vipers, or D, whitewashed tombs. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. I'm sure you're getting it right in right now. I want to also remind you, so on Monday, coming up next week, we're going to have a quiz Mm-hmm. And that quiz is going to be entirely based on the book Second John. Oh, so over the weekend, John. over the weekend, I want you to get in, study your Bibles, Second John, read up about it. It could be quite an effort of like two minutes, two like two whole minutes, and then yeah, you will be able to be prepared for next Monday's quiz. We'll give we'll give you five entries to the quiz if you can. Recite it by memory to produce oh, a cell. I would give, no, looking. 10, 10, dub, no, more. If you could recite the whole thing, we'd have to... Word for word, it's not that long. I'm thinking two. Two? Yeah, make it... <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, then come on, that's pretty... No, nah, we will give you bonus points if you can memorise the whole we thing. We will give you, like, we'll determine over the weekend if you can recite the entirety of Second John. We'll give you 10 if you can do it on Monday. We'll give you five if you can do it next by next Friday. Yeah, but it's only it's only the one day. That we're doing this. So only on Monday, that's the second John yes. day. Get ready yes, for that. The second John day. But again, hey, th- this question was, what term did Jesus use to describe the temple when he cleared it of the money changes? A, den of lions. B, den of robbers. C, den of vipers. Or D, whitewashed tombs. 0491-064-669. Fantastic. All right, so we've got some text messages coming through here. This, this conversation about checks stirred a few people up. <laughs> Sky says, and your friend in Arkansas will be interested in this one, I worked for a doctor that used checks. Uh I left there two years ago. Far as I know, still pays by check. Get out. Yes. What's wrong with you? That's apparently they still exist. I did not know they still existed in Australia. Not Sky, obviously. Sky, you're great, but this doctor this doctor needs help. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, this one's from Christopher. I used to work for a bank. They were trying to phase out checks, but these were also Superannuation check payments too, mm-hmm. so a lot of them every day. And, of course, yeah, we don't um, do that anymore. Mm. Um, I haven't seen that happen for like since 2005 at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, on last night's news they were saying how kids in Australia, even preschool, are being radicalised to kill. Radicalised? That, that was, I didn't see that in the news. Be interesting to look that up and to find out what kind of schools that is. That's a school to avoid right there. <laughs> How? Like, are we talking like I don't know. P- playing video games? Chris, let us, let us know. Let us yeah. know. I, I missed that. I missed that news item. Mm. Okay. Uh, plus, when I returned from a peacemaking operation, I was homicidal. It was studying the Bible that helped me love people. 
And he also says he is to get paid by paycheck every Thursday. Oh, sorry, pay packet. Pay packet. Yes. See, now this is something that this is something that I remember. Uh-huh. As the pay packet. How many of you remember the pay packet? He used to get $57 in cash in his pay packet. Wow. I used to get 123. Uh-huh. So that's, um, that's a different Chris. Oh, it's a different Chris. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm getting my Chris's. So I got Christopher and Chris. Mm-hmm. You know who you are. Yeah. Pay um, packet. Pay packet. So it's like I want a bag of money in it. It's like an envelope. Um, envelope. It was a it was a long thin envelope, and it had and money in it. And this is why the bank and train robberies were the single you know the most lucrative career. <laughs> every Thursday, the office lady would go down to the bank, uh-huh. and she would get everybody's pay packet with the correct change in it because it would come with coins mm-hmm. and paper money in it, mm-hmm. and a little paper slip to say how much was in there, mm. a receipt. Yeah, that was how it was done back in the day. It was pretty wild. Yep, literally all I've known since I've been working is well, I had my my first ever kind of a, a lame job at Domino's. I rode the pizza scooter. It was kind of, you know, a bit of an interesting situation. I'd just come back from racing professionally in Europe. Then I'm riding the pizza scooter around. And, <laughs> yep, the money just went into my bank. And I'm like, hey, that's surprising. Like, <laughs> So... Yeah, good times. Uh, good times. All right, let's get on to uh, back, get back to our Bible study. We're talking about time periods in in Earth's history where God's people have considered themselves to be forgotten, mm. and we're going to talk about another one now. But before we do, we just need to point out that this is a lesson for us because there are times as individuals for all of us when we feel like that God has forgotten us mm. and that we don't actually know that God does not actually know what we're going through. God doesn't see us, doesn't hear from us, any of that kind of thing. Uh, the, the another, but but God does, and these stories illustrate that. So another story that we can think of is the story of Esther. Mm. Oh, totally. Why do you think that they felt like God's people? Why do you think that God's people felt like God had forgotten them in that time? In Esther's time, yes. Well, uh, there's an absolute psycho who's like, "Let's kill all the Jews." Yes, and is getting legislation passed to be able to do so. Why do they feel that God is out of sight when they when this legislation is being pushed through? Because it's going through. Okay. Like <laughs> absolutely. There I think there's more to this story though. Mm. Because when you come down to the time of Esther, this is a long time like quite a number of generations after mm-hmm. the Israelites first went into captivity in Babylon. Mm. And the Jews who are living in Persia at this particular time, and there's a large Jewish diaspora that's living in Persia, uh, Mordecai and Esther are obviously a part of that, they are the ones who were not only descended from the idolaters who were sent into Babylonian captivity, mm. but they are also descended from those who refused to go back. Mm. You see, what happened was that when the decree of Cyrus was made, Cyrus the Persian, when he first came to power, uh, ended the Babylonian Empire, makes a decree that the Jews can go back and rebuild their temple. Mm. And a number of Jews go back. Mm. But it's actually a small percentage. Mm. And over the next 50 years or so, there were more Jews that went back in several large migrations or waves. Mm. Some of them, you know, the most faith-filled ones went back straight away and others were like, eh, let's just sort of wait and see whether they can pull this off or not. Mm-hmm. And then there were those who just stayed and integrated and had important roles 
to play in yep. the Persian government and became a part of the Persian Empire. Mm. Esther was one of them, and she was so integrated that when she was married to the king, the Persian king, the emperor at that particular time, the emperor had no idea that she was Jewish. Mm. She was that fully integrated into, she looked like everybody else, she sounded like everybody else, Mm. she didn't have an accent, she wasn't seen as being weird or strange or different in any way, shape or form. She's just pretty. (laughs) She was just pretty. (laughs) And she was... Uh, she obviously had a very nice personality along with a very nice uh, physique. Yeah. And uh, those two things combined meant that she won the beauty pageant and became queen mm. without anybody ever knowing that she was a Jewess. Mm. And so when you look at it from their perspective at that time and now this decree has gone out, it's like, well, not only did we rebel against God when we went into idolatry and were sent into Babylonian captivity, but we didn't exactly go home mm. when God said go home, either, did we? Mm. they got a lot more reason to think God has forgotten us. Had God forgotten them? No. Absolutely not. And in the story of Queen Esther, you find that God intervenes in the most amazing and powerful way to bring about deliverance through Queen Esther herself, mm. something that the Jewish people still remember right down to this day. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Here on The Breakfast Show, we're about to do the question of the day. Before we do, we are not going to do the question of the day. We're going to do, we're going to spin the wheel yeah, and find out our winner. Lyle, it's the, it's the quiz draw time. It's Get draw. excited. Someone is going to win these two cookbooks and they're going to have to invite us over to cook for us. And so that is exciting, but obviously we're excited for them. But also for ourselves. Yes. Hopefully it's someone that I know personally. <laughs> like, I'm always rooting for the people that I know, and I've never rigged the quiz before, so we'll see what happens. But hey, let's go quickly through... Actually, no, before we get into it, we're going to spin the wheel. So, Shell, spin that wheel! Okay, you guys can hear it. It's spinning, spinning fast. Slowing down. Oh, oh. We have a winner. Okay, we, we have, do a winner. have a winner. We are going to get her on the phone. Oh, to her. Yes. This is okay. a clue. This is a clue. Whilst we're doing that, I've got some answers. Who said, oh, that the Lord's people were prophets? Moses said that. The biblical city of Philippi is located in which modern-day country? That is in Greece. Complete the verse. The law is per. Sorry, the law of the Lord is perfect. You can finish that one for us, Lyle. Converting the soul. Amen. Yes. And finally, we only have four so questions So glad I got today. to finish that one. What term did Jesus use to describe the temple when he cleared it of the money changes? He called it, it was B, a den of robbers. So if you got those correct, congratulations. Unfortunately, none of you except for one person won the prize. So, but hey, keep playing because you'll how, keep how it goes. keep being in the you'll keep going in the draw. Do we have our winner on the phone? I think I think we've just established and made so contact. Connection. They're plugging her in, and congratulations, Deanne, for winning our prize this week. Oh, thank you! I won again. Yeah, but oh, you're the Praise first. The you're the first second time winner for our. For this, for this system of the prize. Yeah. Oh, thank that's right. you. Or thank maybe you so not. Much. <laughs> now, Shell's shaking her head. Maybe, maybe we're wrong. But congratulations, 
Uh, nonetheless, Thank you so much. now can you tell us what genu- general area that you live in, so that you know you can bring us over? Yeah, we, we need to know. Are you a good cook? Because you want a good cook, well, she's you want to become one. Obviously, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Oh, dude, I'm ready to go. This noodle dishes. I'm actually looking right yeah. here. You can probably make some Asian soba noodle salad. That's that's one of the options here. But uh, yeah, but what mind. general area do you live in? How far are we going to have to travel for this meal? Townsville. Oh, <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's further than the last one. The last one was a games night somewhere in uh, Central Western Queensland. Yeah, yeah. This is now we're heading for Townsville. Hey, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm going to be up far north Queensland in October, so maybe I can okay, see. You're going to be, a, I think Atherton's a long way from Townsville, right? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's right. But hey, it's all, it's all, it's all North Queensland. But Deanne, yes. congratulations. And yeah, we will be sending those books to you and you'll be able to use them and make amazing food, not only for us, but for your family, for your church. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Thank you so much. Awesome. God well, bless. God bless you too. Right now, we are going to get into question of the day. All right, Lyle, our question of the day comes from Greg, and Greg asks this. John describes Jesus as the word. What does this really mean? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I've never actually stopped to think about it because when you grow up as a Christian, it's one of those things that you always just take for granted. Of course, Jesus is described as the word. Well, what does that mean? Why why would you call somebody the word? So if you just stop and sort of um, do a little bit of thinking about it, the first thing that you're going to note is that Jesus never wrote anything. Mm Mm-hmm. So what's interesting, he is called the Word. The person who is called the Word never wrote a word. He, now, he we did know, write some sins in the ground. <laughs> we know that he knew how to write and he wrote all kinds of stuff, but he never wrote anything personally that is in the Bible except for the Ten Commandments. Yes. It's the only part of the Bible that he actually wrote. Oh, that's, that's powerful. It is. Mm. Okay, so then why call someone the Word who didn't write a word? You know, you would think this would be a great nickname for somebody who is a prolific author. Uh-huh. Word. And uh, maybe that's what, uh, well, you, thinking if we, if we knew someone who was a prolific author, maybe we could suggest that for a nickname. But no, let's leave it with just Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so why call him the word when he never wrote a word? The answer is very simple. He did far more than write a word. He lived a word. Mm. So the life of Jesus was a lived-out sermon. It was a lived-out gospel. We often talk about the fact that we would much rather, uh, people would much rather see a Christian than hear a Christian. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was seen rather than somebody who wrote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other people wrote about him, of course, but he lived here um, and he he was essentially... The Bible in action. Mm. Uh, now, what's also interesting is that he is uh, described, you know, the Bible describes him as the personification of wisdom. Mm. And so, because Jesus, you know, in Proverbs chapter uh, 5 through 8, you've got the personification of wisdom, and, the, and wisdom is described as a person. Mm. So you've got the personification of wisdom coming through here. And Jesus was the lived personification of wisdom. Um, he is the personification of God's communication to humanity. And so, you know, when Philip says, show us the Father, Jesus is like, well, I've been here all this time. What do you mean, show us the Father? Mm. Who do you think you've been looking at? You've been looking at the Father literally 
the whole time. Mm. Um, and so this is why Jesus is called the Word. Jesus was a lived sermon, a lived uh, gospel, a lived uh, Bible study. He was all of that, and uh, we learn from looking at his example. It's a little bit like we describe nature as God's second book, so the Bible as being God's first book and nature being God's second book. You don't go out into nature and see letters that make phonetic sounds that create... <laughs> That's right words and language, but does nature speak to you? Yeah, definitely. Does it speak to you of the power of God? Mm. Absolutely, everywhere you look. And the more you study about nature, the more it directs you in the direction of God Mm. and the more unbelievably challenging and difficult and impossible it becomes for those who don't want to believe Mm. in God. Mm. And the bigger the hoops that they have to force themselves to jump through to be able to deny the existence of God. And so as nature is described as a book, it's not a book of words and paper. Mm. It is a book of living things. Mm. It is literally living, a living testimony of God, and that's what Jesus was. And this is why Jesus is called the Word. He's called the Word in a number of different places. John 1.1 1, 1 is the most famous one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then you've got uh, down in verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his living place among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then, of course, Revelation 19, verse 13, it finishes off with this one. He is dressed in a robe, dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. All right, as we come to the end of this week, we want to encourage you, as you come to the weekend, to find a place to worship if you don't have somebody somewhere mm. already sorted out right now. A lot of people come to you like, yeah, you know, I'm not so much into organized religion because it's run by people. Well, that's kind of the whole point. And when it comes to being run by people, it's always valuable to remember that we are a people as well. <laughs> yes, we, we are. We, we fit into that a category. <laughs> we, we are a person, and we come with all of our own faults and our own uh-huh. brokenness. And it's by gathering together that we gain strength. You take a coal out of the fire, it will go out. But mm. if you leave it in the fire, it stays hot. That's the message. All right, let's remember to talk faith, to live faith, to act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.